You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Chris and the guys at Greenview Construction LLC are a firm offering professional services in design and of course construction. And they are proud to announce that they've completed design and 3D renderings for two spec home models located in the Jupiter and Palm Beach Gardens area, sitting on over one acre lots. Now, they've got four lots available for these model homes. The first is a British West Indies model style, totaling just over four and a half thousand square foot, air conditioned space, five bedrooms, five bathrooms, and they boast 16 foot ceilings in some areas. The second, more traditional style home, 3,100 square foot, air conditioned space, four bedrooms and four baths. They boast 14 foot ceilings in some areas. Both models will have a free flowing layouts that connect the kitchen, the family room, living room, library, I mean library, a den, an outdoor lanai, and both models will have an option to add a detached in-law suite if you really want the in-laws to move in, and a garage totaling an additional 1,000 square foot. You can visit Chris and the team online at www.greenviewconstruction.com. You can email Chris Tyson, that's C Tyson, as in Mike Tyson, C Tyson, at greenviewconstruction.com, or you can call 561 727 5013. They're also on Facebook, they're on Instagram, they're on Twitter. Just look for Greenview Construction. And if that wasn't enough, they have an appointment only showroom at 715 Commerce Way West, Suite 14 in Jupiter, Florida. Are you a business owner or executive who needs more results from your marketing team? Do you struggle to measure the results of your marketing spend? Or do you need to spend less time running marketing personally? A metrics marketer fractional CMO can help. A fractional CMO delivers measurable results and value by combining real-world experience with a proven marketing framework and process, all at a fraction of the price of a full-time marketing leader. We manage and enhance your existing marketing team while creating programs designed to drive awareness, revenue, and growth for your company. Let us create, manage, and deploy a marketing strategy to help you reach your goals faster. Visit yourfcmo.com, that's yourfcmo.com, to request a free, no-obligation consultation. Mention 3YPC for a special discount of 10% off our services. Grow your business faster with a fractional CMO. 
This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code 5, that's F-I-V-E, 5, and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. Are you a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim? Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage? Looking for a reputable, fully licensed, insured, and certified contractor? Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. When a disaster strikes in your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. With over 62 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and Eric, and their team is prepared to handle any size disaster. The guys are born and raised in South Florida, so changing the narrative on the way contractors conduct business in South Florida is extremely important to them. Their objective is to make cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. Water Cleanup of Florida is also a licensed building contractor, so they provide the A to Z service, one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There's no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle it all for you. Call or text them anytime at 561-408-7835 for immediate assistance. The number again, 561-408-7835. Water Cleanup of Florida. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition, a schedule release edition of Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. Chris Kaufman is here. Simon is out getting more awards. It's award season, I guess, in in England, in the UK. Uh, Do you even know what, what award he's picking up today? I think he's picking up the award for um, the best British American football podcaster. Awesome. And do we get to share in that, though? Do we get like a, a plaque or something, or at least a picture of the well, trophy? I, I don't know about you, but I'm already sharing in it because Simon is just somebody that I made up in nah, like 1997. I yeah, I forgot about that. So, yeah. So, um, I mean, he can't be bothered to be here right now just because mostly because my my uh, my my throat's a little scratchy. So, mm-hmm. you know, I can't really I can't really do the, the two microphone thing. Yeah, of course. Uh, as always, we are brought to you by Manscaped. Use the promo code five hours sent for 20 percent off your entire order. And we're welcoming another sponsor, and that's Better's Edge. OK, uh, go to www.betteredge.com slash five reasons the number five reasons and that is b-e-t-t-o-r-e-d-g-e.com better edge they're also at better edge on twitter what do they do it's a it's a gambler's exchange essentially like let's say you want to get uh minus let's say 125 on the heat to overtake the the milwaukee bucks in the eastern conference finals yeah i'm calling my shot milwaukee's closing them out tomorrow night but you can't get minus 125 because it's minus 150, 165 anywhere. Well, you can list your bet on this exchange, okay? And somebody might pick it up at minus 125. 
All right. So go to that. Go to that address that I gave you. Better Edge. That's B E T T O R edge.com slash the number five reasons and you get $20 free to try out the app I suggest you do it all right Chris by the way what do you think about new sponsor that's a pretty interesting thing right it's it's a gambler's exchange nice see if uh see if there's some arbitrage possibilities on there right it's 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 pretty cool and like you do get filled it's an exchange so you know, like now, nah, if you're gonna say, you know, you know what, I want plus one thousand on the Heat to beat the Bucks, like you know, you're probably yeah. not gonna get filled. But if you're something reasonable, if you put something reasonable out there, you probably will get filled, and you will get a better number than you can get out in the in the open market. But so, who's on the other side? Who's filling it? Well, it's it's other betters. It's whoever wants to take it, you know. And sometimes they'll take a piece of it, you know. Sometimes what you're putting out there is like, look, I want to bet a thousand. On the heat to beat the Bucks minus one twenty five, and it could be ten people that take a hundred dollars each of your bet. You know what I mean? Because it's an exchange; it'll get filled somehow. So you know you're basically putting your bet out there on the exchange, and then somebody might pick it up. Any of their users that are on the app can pick it up. So, like, do you think do you, do you think that we're we're gonna start doing like um, you know I'm gonna put out there. I'm going to put put out there heat minus 125 in the Eastern Conference Finals or something like that. But then I'll also put out there uh, bucks, what, <laughs> plus plus 180. And try to get up middle? And try to middle it out and try to middle absolutely. it. Absolutely. Like, that would be absolutely genius, really, if you could if you could pull it off because they have no fees. That's another great thing about it. Oh, no fees. Okay. No that's always, fees. That's always a nice... I'm talking about no fees. The big is whatever you're laying out there. Whatever you put out there is your big. Like if you put it at minus 125, that's your big. There's no fee on top of that. Interesting, right? Crazy. Yeah. Well, obviously this is going to be our schedule show. So we're going to, we're going to do that, that, that thing that everybody does every single year, which is absolutely meaningless because we don't know what any of these teams are going to be. Okay. When they actually play, we do know the first two games uh, lines. I guess I'll ask oh, you right, there, and, right. and then we're gonna we're gonna talk a little too. Okay, I understand. I'm not gonna bury the lead here, but I have not the buried. lines for the first two games. Tell me what you think. Miami at home against New England is minus two point five, two and a half. That's points. interesting. That's interesting in that it's not a full three. Okay, and then week two at Baltimore, even money. Miami Say that again. Versus Baltimore. Against Miami at Baltimore, week two, even money. It's one, one more try. Even money. No, no. What the, who, who are they playing? Baltimore. I love how you say that. Baltimore or Baltimore? It's or Baltimore. How they, they, it's how Baltimore. They, how they uh, don't they pronounce it Baltimore? It, well, I mean, people people from there say Balmer, but <laughs> but the rest the rest of us humans in the United States. <laughs> usually say Baltimore, mm-hmm. but I, I really love calling it Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like uh, how I pronounce Chicago. Yeah. That's, that's the other one. If, yeah. Do we play? Oh, do we play them? Yes, we do play Chicago. Okay. You I see, get to hear, right I get there. To I, I broke yeah, uh, yeah, I'm liking this already. This is making yeah. the schedule episode a lot more fun than I thought it was. Yeah. November. No, I'm going to actually, I, I, you know what? I'm going to mention every single one of them to see if, if I have any quirks that, that I oh, don't nice. know about. Okay? Perfect. 
right, should do I'm it. Ba- I should do the same, except I should do it. Um, well, I should. Hey, look, Simon's here. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no. Simon's too busy picking up uh, hardware. Yeah. He is. That trophy room of his. That man. That man has a trophy room. That trophy room of his must be overflowing. Like, it you know, must. It's, like he, he has to put another wing on, on, on the on the Clancy mansion, right? You know, and I don't think I don't think apartment I don't think flats are very big in uh, in in England either. So I mean, like, where is he? Doesn't he have a castle? Does he have a castle? I think he has a castle. That would explain a lot. Yeah, but he needs somewhere to put all all that hardware. You know. Yeah. Now we've been going back and forth on this, uh, and Simon seems to think that there's nothing wrong with a practice throw turning into national news. I'm not making this up, people. And if you're listening Thanks. to this podcast, you're obviously a hardcore Dolphin fan, right? So <laughs> you would know I'm not making this up. It was on the New York Post. I saw that. It was on MSNBC. It was on CNN. Okay. It was on MSNBC and CNN? Yes. And Fox Are you News, fucking kidding me? And Fox News had a little segment on it because they have a sports show now in, in the middle of the day. Okay. And not to mention, of course, it was a segment on First Take. It was a segment on Undisputed. It was on NFL Live. It was on NFL Network. It was essentially all across the nation. It was national news. I don't know if the president commented on it, but maybe he did. But yeah, it was national news. A practice throw in a bucket hat. By the way, cool bucket hat. They're all sold out, by the way. So don't don't try to pick one up now from, from the pro shop. So Tua did, a, Tua did his job with that video, at least. Seven million you know views, and he sold a lot of bucket hats. Right now, did he sell a lot of bucket hats? Well, they're sold out on the site. I, I tried to pick one up. It's sold out. All right. I, I can respect that. But right now I am I I am that Dr. Manhattan meme where he's sitting on Mars and he's saying, I'm tired of Earth, these people. I'm tired of being caught in the <laughs> tangle of their lives. That's me. I am that. Yeah. Like I just I'm 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 done with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, there was a counter today. I don't know if you saw it. Tyreek Hill. Uh, I did see it. I did see it. I thought it was pretty hilarious that, you know, he's like, come on, guys. But, you know, yeah. he didn't make that video. So, I mean, it's oh, like, so, so, you know, you know, the Dolphin social media, you know, department is probably like, it's probably like two people. Um, yeah. Like, they, 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 they had to immediately have seen the error of their ways and uh, realized just how badly they fucked up. Mm. And um and then like you know immediately started scouring all the film for you know two or throws to put in there and then Tyreek Hill puts it out so it's it's so tiresome the whole thing I I I have I can't explain. I really can't I, I can't explain the hatred it like it's it's it has to be real right it's not that it's that you know it's 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 fun to poke the bear in some in some ways and you know it, it's just listen when you bring up something that's gonna well how many it, how many millions of views did that video have it was millions right? seven million seven million or something like that um you know that's that's just evidence really of of why they keep doing it why they yeah. keep because it's it's immediate controversy it's immediate you know backlash from people that are like tired of seeing all the stupid you know ill-conceived criticisms out there i don't know it's 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 tough it's tough to just keep watching happen yeah being so tired of it 
Um, but at the same time, like it's obvious that every time they, every time they uh, touch the third rail, you know, spark happened. Yeah, no, and not only that, it's the mean spirited nature of it, right? Like was th- there very- was some there was some push pushback on it by Robert Griffin uh, today, uh, you know, and it was also the questions that were posed to him. Okay, and I understand there's a producer there, all right, and the producer's telling the talking head, you know, ask this question of the analyst to try to get a response. So the question was, you know, basically the way the question was posed by Laura Rutledge was, you know, um, is Tua, you know, too crippled to be able to play with Tyreek Hill? That's essentially what she was saying, right? And Robert Griffin was just incredible. It's like, he, he can throw the ball. He's not like, you know, he's not in a wheelchair, people. Like, why, why is this narrative just all of a sudden just growing? Like Skip Bayless basically told Tyreek Hill to retire, and yeah, he re- yeah. he repeated it again today. By the way, Shannon Sharp says, "Oh, they're just gonna have to run a lot of hitch and timing goes because Tua can't throw a corner and he can't throw a go route." And I'm thinking to myself, "This is a guy that's in the Hall of Fame, and he's saying this nonsense. Does he believe this crap, or 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 he's or, or well, let's start there. Do you think that Shannon Sharp actually believes that crap? No." I mean, I, I doubt he's, I doubt he's even bothered to do a single bit of research about it mm-hmm. at all. Like it's just, I mean, listen, they're, they're, these people have a, have a feel for what they can say on TV and that's going to, that's going to get some people's attention and, um, and turn into a thing. And that's, you know, that's just the way that's what's happening right now. And I think, you know, when Simon makes the point and he, he always, to me, he always goes after the wrong people. It's, it's like, so, so you have these people doing this, this ridiculous thing with this, you know, going to Zapruder film on, um, on that, that tweet from the Dolphins um, social media department and, and saying all these weird, you know, crazy things and, and dissecting every bit of it. And, and then you're like, you know, then other people are like, uh, that's dumb. That's what do you do? What do you do? That's dumb. You know, and it's it's like for some reason Simon always goes after the people that that say that's dumb. Um, but you know, I I just think the people that do respond in that way, it's just that there's so many of them, and that's why it keeps happening in the first place. So you know, in a, in a roundabout way, you know, Simon is is um, is right that if those people wouldn't keep if they wouldn't wouldn't keep getting a rise out of everybody, then it wouldn't keep happening. And mm-hmm. um, otherwise, because it's not, it's not that it, it doesn't have anything to do with the on-field talent. It doesn't have anything to do with you know, who Tua is. And no, for those people, you know, there's always like three people that uh, that's that that pipe up and being like, it's oh, it's because he's so strongly Christian or something like that. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. that's not it either. <laughs> you know, it's um, it's because it's fun to poke the bear, and um, and you know, I'm just tired of it. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say, but it's just tiresome because that's what they feel. The, that's my entire timeline. And then, you know, I try to watch a lot of this, this garbage and then it's just festered. Uh, but there's, there's absolutely a bias. Like, I don't know if you look, uh, we're recording on May 12th and it's late. It's like 10, 17 right now. And the heat just finished dusting off the, the, the Sixers. And by the way, Doc Rivers at his press conference had one of the greatest quotes of all time. You, you ready to listen to this one? They posted it on OnlyFans. You ready? What is it? Oh, wait. I just, I think I just saw this. Yes. Doc Rivers says, I came to the conclusion at the end of this game 
which is the end of the series, by the way, that we were just not good enough to beat Miami. <laughs> I would hope so, right? Because if you came to the conclusion, you know what? We're better than them. Then you're going to get fired like in the next 10 minutes, right? Captain fucking obvious over here. <laughs> you know, like, like what's the opposite? You know what? We're better than them. Okay, you know, cool. You're fired, Doc. <laughs> at the end of this game, as we were losing, I came to the conclusion that we're not winning the game. <laughs> Yeah, but oh, ESPN, nice. ESPN, ESPN, the game ends and they have a five minute buffer to talk about the game, right? You would think that they would congratulate a franchise that is reaching the conference final for the ninth time in their 34 year history and the eighth time since 2005, which is pretty, pretty like uh, my math tells me that that's every other year they're in the conference final. That's pretty good, right? Like maybe wait, you want to congratulate what? that team. Did you just say every other year they're in the conference final? Since 2005. Oh, since 2005. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because right. they have eight since 2005, and it's been, what, 17 years? So, yeah, almost every it's, other it's, year. It's late. I was still on the nine out of 34 math. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but ESPN spent the, the entire five minutes bitching about how, you know, uh, the Sixers showed no effort. And, you know, what, what's wrong with them? And Embiid and James Harden sucks. And I'm like, well, maybe Miami made them look like that, you know? And you know what's one funny about that is, like, they, in that way, they are definitely treating the Sixers as if they were the favorite. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, because when the favorite loses, that is the storyline. That's probably going to be the dominating storyline when a favorite loses a series. Right. Is, like, what the hell happened to them? Like, they were, you know, they they were supposed to win and they, they didn't show up and, you know, they, they lost to the eighth seed or something, you know? Um, it's that that's the storyline in that situation they're treating they're treating the other guys like they were the favorite and Miami's the number one seed I think that's that's what's kind of really bothersome about that situation but it's obvious it's obviously a bias and it's just growing and as the Dolphins get better trust me it'll grow in the NFL too all right, let's move on to the schedule release day. They gave us the Patriots again to start the season. Like, I'm, I'm getting pretty tired of this. Like, it's boring already. Although this time it's at home at 1 o'clock. Yep. Right, right on. You know, as far as, you know, night games, they're doing us no favors in week four as they travel to the, to the Bengals on a Thursday night. Usually that's a scheduled loss, I would say. And it's coming off of a, a home game against the Bills. So pretty important stretch there. Uh, what did you make of the first four games and what they gave us as far as an opening slate? I didn't, I didn't think anything. I didn't think anything of it really. I mean, yeah, sure. You got the Bengals in there. You got the Ravens in there and the bills. I mean, the bills, we're going to play them twice. I mean, yeah, it's going to be hard. Um, but they're going to have to beat them eventually, right? Oh, no. <laughs> but they have to if they want to well, do anything the law of averages says um yeah i, I, I suppose so but um right now it's it's very difficult to imagine especially early in the year when i don't know early it seems like this is a team that gets its defense going you know toward as we get into the middle sections of the schedule as opposed to starting out that way um, and this is certainly an offense. You're, you're starting from scratch, building a whole new approach. Um, and, and you got some new players on there. And um, so it, it's, you, you would think that's going to take some time too. So, um, 
set Bills game, you know, that's going to be tough, even if it's at home. But um, Patriots, I just don't have a ton of respect for, you know, them and how they're built right now. But um, well, they weaken their, their their squad so much in one off season. It's you know, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, but I would warn anybody against you know, like looking at the schedule, and, and I'll go through the whole the whole thing here. Uh, looking at the schedule, I'd warn anybody about you know penciling in wins and penciling in losses. You don't know what any of these teams are going to be. Yeah, you know. Because if you look at the schedule wins and schedule losses, I think that every schedule pretty much has a scheduled win and a scheduled loss. You got to feel as if that Steeler game on Sunday Night Football is kind of a scheduled win if you're healthy. And the scheduled loss is three weeks earlier when you're traveling on a Thursday night to Cincinnati to play the defending AFC champions, the Bengals. So, yeah, you know, so, you know, but you do play Detroit. You get the Jets twice. Like there, there's some gimmies that could be gimmies, but you don't know about any of those teams. Uh, they play Houston coming off of a bye. You would think, and they play my home. You would think that that's another gimme, right? Well, Houston is vastly improved this year. We don't know about any of these teams, but I go through it. Okay. Uh, Patriots at home, Baltimore on the road, Buffalo at home. That's pivotal. Okay. You get them at home. September 25th at one o'clock. What a goddamn game against these people. Like if you plan on doing anything, beat Buffalo, at least just beat them once. If you beat them once, you can lose by a thousand toward the end of the year, which you probably will. Cause it's December 17th when you play them again. All right. And then you play the jets on the road, Minnesota at home, Steelers at home, Sunday night football, the first Sunday night football game in 12 years. Is that right? Yeah. 12 years. Yes. It'll be their second and 16. That's terrible. Yeah, that's terrible. It really is. Okay. So that should be a great crowd. Sunday night football against the Steelers. Like, I'm going to that. I might go to that game as a fan. Uh, I'll go to that game as a fan. Because there's not going to be anything else to watch. I'm going to enjoy myself in that game. All right. Then Detroit on the road. Uh, By the way, uh, did you know that, that Coach Campbell is in the top 10 for Coach of the Year this coming year? Is he really? Yes. Now, how does he do that? That's a good how? segue. How does how does he win Coach of the Year? How? Obviously, they win ten games. You got to give him Coach of the Year, right? Oh, <laughs> are we are we gonna are we gonna like like in earnest speculate about them winning ten games? <laughs> well, I'm just saying that I, I was shocked by looking at that. Dan Campbell on the Pat McAfee show. They were going through the top ten Coach of the mm-hmm. Year candidates. By the way, Mike McDaniel was not on there. But Dan Campbell was. You know why? Because Mike McDaniel took over too good of a team. He took over a nine and eight team. Yeah. So that's why they're 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 like, okay, he takes them to 10 or 11. Like, no, mm-hmm. you know, no. you, you're not, not gonna that. get credit. But Dan Campbell, all right. Then he traveled to Chicago. Okay, uh, no There's funny that word again. There's yeah. that word again. Yeah. Chicago. <laughs> all right. Uh then the interesting game. November 13th. That's week 10. It's also a very interesting week. It's week 10. Which could mean that Deshaun Watson is finishing up his... Oh, I see what you're doing there. Okay. Or he could still... We could be... That's the Jacoby Brissett game. I think we're facing Jacoby Brissett. Like, if I'm going to handicap this thing, I'm going to say that Deshaun Watson gets suspended for 10 games. Like, that's been the history. Week 10. Yeah. And we play him week 10, which is smack dab where you want to play him. If you want mm-hmm. to avoid him, you know, 
That's a hell of a stretch in the, in the middle middle of the season right there. Yeah. Then you get a you bye week, week 11, which is like perfectly placed. Impossible to lose. Yeah, it's impossible. Although, you know, the Jets might try. <laughs> you come back home and you play the, the lowly Texans, but I think they're going to be vastly improved. I don't think that's a gimme. I think the Texans are going to be a lot better. They've added a lot of nice pieces to their team. Uh, I don't think they're a pushover. I don't think they're a terrible team. I think they're a middling team. Uh, they could win six. They could win seven. And if you could win six or you could win seven, you could beat pretty much everybody on your schedule because you could just rise up any given week. So I don't think that's a gimme. Then here comes the stretch. Now, this is a stretch, all right? If there's ever going to be a stretch of difficult games, it's right here, and it's the month of December. You're traveling to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Now, are they going to be good, bad? Indifferent, we don't know. Uh, reports out of San Francisco is that Trey Lance, he's getting the bus labeled by some people. I don't know how you can do that when he's only played like four or five games. And then they, can't, they, can, they can't resist going, keep keeping on going to Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. And when that happens, then then everybody takes their cues. And we got a first round pick that that uh, rides on what San Francisco does. So. You know, we get to basically, you know, help our pick by playing them. That's December 4th at 4 p.m. Uh, that could go either way. San Francisco could be a they could be a, a juggernaut. They could be a bad team at that point. It could go either way. And that's uh, how usually it's gone for them the last few years. They're either yeah, really, really I, good I'm or gonna really say, bad. I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to steer more toward they're going to be a decent team and the fact that it's on the road going to the West Coast. I mean, this is not one you figure on winning. December 11th. This is Armageddon. This is the most attractive. This is the most attractive matchup in the entire schedule. Unless you want to say week four at Cincinnati on Thursday night football is more attractive. Mm-hmm. But I would say this is the most attractive game on the entire schedule. That's December 11th at 4 p.m. in L.A. facing the Chargers. You should have a pretty big Dolphin contingent because this is not a very good traveling schedule. Dolphin fans should travel well there. I don't know if you watched any Charger games the last couple mm-hmm. of years at that new stadium. Nobody goes there. Like, they just don't have fans. That That's a Ram town. It just is. <laughs> but it's Herbert and it's Tua. Like, you know, like that, that writes itself, right? And then you got to think that this is the scheduled loss. This is the most obvious scheduled loss in the entire schedule. And that's December 17th. Week 15 at Buffalo, and it's to be determined, okay? I was told that that's, that was likely to be a night game. If it's a night game, we're talking about horrific conditions. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's going to be nasty. So it's going to be awful, all right? Now, you know, to finish this gauntlet, you do come home, and everybody's, like, you know, crapping their pants because it is, it is Aaron Rodgers, but I don't know if you've looked at that roster, but it's weaker. Mm-hmm. I don't mind, you know, you're getting Aaron well, Rodgers, yeah, but you're I'll getting have Aaron, Devontae you're not, Adams. Yeah. yeah, you're not getting Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau. You're getting him at home in Miami. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a tricky one, isn't it? Yeah, and I remember a Dolphin team that played against the Green Bay Packer team. It was like about yeah, that's, five that's or, exactly what I was thinking of too. Five six years ago, where Green mm-hmm. Bay was a fourteen and two team, they came down here and mm-hmm. let's face it, Miami should have beaten them with their mediocre team. They just should melted. They melt. They were melting out here. I mean, yeah, if you just... remember, I, I remember that 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 game, clear as day. 
Do you remember what happened on the final drive, the game-winning drive? Packers are down six points, okay? And they're driving to try to win the game with less than two minutes left. Cam Wake hits Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers fumbles. The ball is rolling around the 50-yard line, remember? Mm -hmm. And somehow Randy Starks does not grab that ball. (laughs) And it ends up in the belly of David Bakhtiari. And the rest is history. They drove the rest of the way, and they They, they got the rest of the way, and yeah. Back shoulder fade. We recover that fumble. That. We beat a 14 and two Packer team at home. You know, I don't fear Aaron Rodgers week 16 at home. Like you got him right where you want him. Okay. You got him at home. Mm-hmm. If you can't beat good teams at home, then what are we talking about here? Right. And then, you know, this is an interesting uh, stretch because you're going to get to play new England in cold weather on the first January 1st, new year's day. You play new England at 1 PM. And then you come back home to close out the schedule against the Jets. Uh, to be honest with you, it's not a sexy schedule. There's only two. There's two sexy games. They're both on the road. Uh, there's well, no, no sexy I mean, home game, the, I don't think. Maybe the Packers, I guess. The Sunday, Sunday night football against the Steelers. But the Steelers are so bad. We're facing Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> yeah. um, but... Still, I mean, it's a, it's a night game. I mean, it's there's something to it. Right? It should be a showcase. Like that, that's why I said, look, that's a scheduled win, right? Like that yeah. should be your scheduled win. It's a showcase. You're at home against what should be a mediocre team. You know? I mean, it should be entertaining at least for us. Yeah, right. So We're probably gonna win it. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know what what did you make of this this the schedule? They, they didn't do us any favors. They did give us a Sunday night football game. They gave us two huge showcase games, both of them on the road. Burrow versus Tua, Herbert versus Tua. You know, it's interesting because we we just got talking about how, like, it's it's cool to say anything. It's cool to say something uh, bad about Tua because you're going to get a huge response. You're going to get 7 million views on a video unintentionally or, you know, all that kind of stuff. And yet we've got two, we've got two night primetime games in the schedule. Um and I, I think that that's like, you know, take a hint. Like, obviously, the Dolphins have some sort of interest, uh, whether it's because of, you know, warring sides of, of some stupid controversy or whatever. But like, it's there's there's a lot of interest out there. Um, so, so I'm surprised they only have the two the two primetime games. Otherwise, the order of the opponents, like, you know, honestly, you I don't, I don't put a ton of stock into that usually because, you know, the, I think the team, the team either is, you know, what we want it to be or it isn't. And if it is, if it is, then we're not going to worry about, you know, the fact that we might play the, uh, the Bengals on the road on Thursday night as much, because it's like, if we're a good team, we're going to make a good game out of that. Yeah. Um, but you know that's. You know, it, but if we're not, <laughs> then all of a sudden it's like, ooh, the Vikings at home. Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, then then you know then then you get a little worried. So I don't want to put a lot of store in it. I just think, I just wish they they had more primetime stuff. I wish they would have taken their taken the hint really from from how much people just love to to publicly uh, nationally you know trash Tua and. And then engage in this this warring debate with people um, that probably would have made for some better primetime activity. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with you. 
And yeah, I just look at the schedule. It's not that inspiring. Like, you know, I look at a schedule. I'm like, okay, what's going to inspire me to get on a plane? And I don't know that there's nothing on there. Like, uh, like where would I, I think that Cincinnati game is interesting. I've never been to Cincinnati. Is is the city worth going to visit or what? I have been to Cincinnati. And how is uh, it? Like, would you go to there for a football game on a Thursday? It is, it, it is a lovely city. There are parts that I would go back to. You know, there, there are things that I things that I did. It was it was nice. It was good I was bars, there for a wedding. Good bar. I was there for a wedding. It was yeah, um, they, some decent bar activity. You know, and um, and good, some good food as well. Um, I would go back there. I definitely would. I was, now, one thing I, I would not do, I will not go anywhere where there's, you know, they're going to be completely hostile to me. Like, why the hell um, do I want to go sit in the stands and get things thrown at me? You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not. not I'm not sure I got that vibe from them, but um, okay. But, yeah, I don't know. It's a nice city. Like, put it this way: I would never in a million years, and I know that you know we have uh, we have some listeners that do the the MetLife takeover. God bless them. I will mm-hmm. not go to New York to watch a, a Dolphins Jets game. I just won't really. You wouldn't? What for? <laughs> Get a battery upside my head? Nah, not for me. You know, I will I never don't. go to New England. I will never go to New England. But and seriously, ne- they, they do I a great, sure they do a great job with the MetLife takeover. I sure as hell would never go to Buffalo in a million fucking years. Oh, I know some friends of mine that went that that as Dolphin fans that used to go up to those Buffalo games like in the snow. And uh used to go with another friend of ours who's a big time Bills fan is from the area. And, um, and they, uh, they had, they had a tremendous time. They, they loved every minute of it. Really? I mean, it, it, it's so savage, but you know, at some point it's like, were they allowed to carry an ax or, 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 or <laughs> well, at some point you just got to enjoy it. You just gotta, you just gotta enjoy how, how completely ridiculous it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not for me. Not for you though. No, but that Bengal, that Bengal game, am I balling that one? Like that's a possibility. Yeah, again, I, I, I couldn't. I would definitely, I would definitely recommend it. I, I, I like that city. All right, on the way out here, um, I posted something on OnlyFans. I don't know if you saw it. Did you see my little, uh, my little sneak peek at what the first depth charts may look like? Did you see it on um, OnlyFans? You know, I, I, I didn't see that because I started looking in, into the schedule stuff as, as as soon as i could really all right there, there, I, I posted some notes uh some some of it some of it is completely boilerplate and i guess you could give me your quick reaction on some of these uh channing ten dollars on every single special teams unit in prominent roles okay mm-hmm. all right uh chase edmonds is rb1 so far uh, does that move the needle any thoughts there it's expected okay uh byron jones has an expanded role so far. Obviously, these are just OTAs, right? Mm-hmm. So, what do you think that means? Uh, more safety for him? It means he's playing some safety. Um, and you know, I I thought this was interesting, and I thought it was just a mistake, and it, perhaps it was. Um, but the other day, I was watching on um, uh, Peter Schrager talk about the Dolphins, and he did a segment that was like, you know, who, what defenses are we sleeping on? And he, his point was that the, everybody's sleeping on the Dolphins defense mm-hmm. just because we're, we're sitting here and we're talking about the offense all the time. It's all about Tua and Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle. And, you know, they they picked up Teron Armstead. They picked up Connor Williams. They picked up Chase Edmonds, you know, all this stuff. Um, and he's like, Hey, you know, 
let's keep in mind the Dolphins defense in the in the last half of the year was somewhere between number one and number three in the, the whole league and in all the important categories. And um and he, and they bring back basically everybody, everybody personnel wise. And um, you know, the the same defensive coordinator, obviously Brian Flores is not there to be looking over his shoulder, but um, but yeah, so He's like, don't sleep on that defense because that was one of the best defenses in the NFL for the final half of the season. And yeah. he mentioned part of it. He said he said something. He said with Byron Jones at safety and with, you know, like he just was listing all these things. I was like, Byron Jones at safety. What? Yeah, maybe he got a <laughs> heads know, up, like, right? Yeah, that caught that caught my attention. And the only reason I don't just dismiss it out of hand and say, ah, you know, idiot talking heads they don't really know what they're talking about peter schrager is well connected with the dolphins like he right. ends up he ends up you know with if not breaking news necessarily because he's not in that game um you know he gets a lot of stuff on background and it and it, you know he, he works it into his opinions and stuff like that and it's clear that he's got some he's got some um some connections down there and so he, him saying that is like, you know, again, you know, maybe you just dismiss it, but then, you know, what you're saying is if he's got an expanded role, that means he's playing safety. Yeah. That means he's playing. playing. All right. Uh, some quick reactions to the rest of these. Uh, Jerome Baker is exclusively scrape and wide seven on third and long. Like that's, I don't think that's, that's what he was doing last year toward the end of the year. Pretty okay. much. Yeah. Uh, Javon Holland will play more slot this year. That's interesting. Okay. Uh, Ogbon Phillips expanding their rush repertoire, no longer set roles, meaning uh, one guy's not buck, one, one guy's not in five tech. So that means that they're all, they're, they're pretty much moving around everywhere. Maybe Josh Boar's yeah, feeling yeah. his oats a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I kind of like that. Uh, Tyreek Hill in the backfield is a thing early on and but very that, often I mean, in the red zone. Oh, in the red zone's interesting, but I'll, I'll, that was all promised already, basically. Yes. I mean, we, we all heard it, and it was like directly. I think, I think it was directly reported by Tyreek's um, his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, wasn't he? Wasn't he? Yeah. He 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 basically said what what um, Mike McDaniel said to him on the phone, or you know, to get them there, and he said, "Okay, thank Debo Samuel." <laughs> I mean, yeah. just straight up said it. And what does Debo, Debo Samuel do? He works in the backfield. So yeah, Tyreek Hill in the backfield. Yeah, duh. Yeah, that's happening a lot. All right, moving on. This one's an interesting one. And this one caught a lot of people's eyes in uh, OnlyFans. Although maybe you get to poo-poo it a little bit because maybe you can see the method behind this madness. Hunter Long is tight end one in 11 personnel. That is interesting. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I would love to see them actually do that. I'm not sure. I mean, partly because of the role that if you think, um, if you think of what you have to do in this offense out of 11 personnel as a tight end, um, you need to be able to do more than Durham Smythe does. Yeah. Which is all, which also it's also interesting because I got when Mike Kaseki is listed as tight end number two in other personnel, so yeah. Durham Smythe is just not figuring into those sets. Yeah, and um, and then when if you think about like uh, uh, what's his name, Adam Shaheen, you could make an argument there. Um, yeah. He did have a large role last year, uh, you know, 
and he can do, I mean, he is, he's a pass catcher. Um, he, he can do things that way, but I've also heard that Frank Smith didn't necessarily love him when, when he had him in uh, Chicago. So, um, so I kind of wonder about that and, and, and how we're going to see that play out, but it, it, Hunter Long makes sense. It's just like, this isn't the way football coaches usually operate. You know, they don't, they don't usually just suddenly give the second year guy who didn't play again, who, who hardly played at all last year, just all, oh, all of a sudden he's, he's number one on their depth chart. They always just have, they always have like the incoming vet, veterans as the, the, the top of the depth chart. So it's interesting to see, see whether that plays out or not. All right, moving on. Uh, Atlanta Roberts, Duke Riley. They have exclusive roles. They do namely one thing on the roster. That's expected because that's how it was toward the end of the year last year. Mm. It's also interesting that Channing Tindall doesn't seem to uh, figure in that that competition. Maybe he's not of the size that they expect him to get to eventually. We talked about that on a previous show. Uh, does that surprise you? It's only two guys basically playing Mike on this team. Um, yeah, why well, I, I didn't expect Channing Tindall to get his, his, um, I didn't expect him, him to get into the mic job to begin with. So, okay. um, so I wasn't really, yeah, I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not terribly surprised by what you're talking about. I mean, we're talking about the guys with the green dots, right? Yeah. Um, and I, you know, landed Roberts, Duke Riley, and this sort of makes sense. All right, and this one, this one uh, caught some eyes because it's it's uh, it's kind of interesting. Robert Hunt has been cross training at right guard, right tackle, and tight end. Well, thank God that they're actually working him at right tackle because that I just <laughs> it's so irresponsible to me to put to his blind side in the hands. Just just outright assume it's going to go into the hands of a guy who was a failed left tackle so far. Let's I'm not going to I'm not going to mince words here. Um failed left tackle so far. Still young, but has not played right tackle in a long really long time. So now he's moving to a side that he's not, he's not really played before and he was a failure on the other side. And and just like, you know, put it on put it as as top of the depth chart at right tackle and be like you know, yeah, yeah, that's the plan. That's and then you know, oh yeah, our quarterback's blind side. You know, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> I, I, it's so irresponsible to do that. And so I look at I look at the situation they've they've developed for themselves, and I say that if Robert Hunt is not right tackle number one right now, before these other guys have have gotten a chance to really show anything, that that might come close to convincing them that they can they can handle that responsibility. Until that happens, uh, you get out there in preseason training camp and so on. Robert Hunt better damn well be right tackle number one. You know, like mm-hmm. if you don't, I question whether you know what you're doing. Frankly, yeah. And and so, um, yeah. And, and no, thank God that we're, we're hearing yes, he is actually cross training at at right tackle and right guard. Now the tight end thing is just like like. Honestly, yes, there's sometimes you put out six six linemen. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess they're just putting go, him out. He's the farthest guy out, I guess. In yeah, those- yeah. Well, when 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 you when you go six linemen, you know, so somebody's gonna somebody has to go furthest one out. Or when you go unbalanced, when you go unbalanced, you you end up with um with 
you know, guys that are lining up uh, on like at more of a tight end role on um, on one side. So um, yeah, I don't think that that's a nothing to me. That's a nothing. The right guard, right tackle thing that he's cross training. That's important. It's important for my, for the sake of my confidence that they know what they're doing. Hmm. Um, but it's uh, yeah, but that that's important. The tight end thing is just, you know, whatever. Well, this next one is really, I guess, gonna gonna reinforce your confidence because this was the one that that most people on OnlyFans, uh, you know, like their eyes opened up a little bit and talked the most about was this one. Austin Jackson is not a starter on the first working depth chart. Again, interesting. Interesting to find out, you know, as we go and we actually see the team play. You know, people will start reporting on it and we'll get a better idea. But um, but at the same time. Thank God they're not insane is, is all I'm, <laughs> is all I'm thinking when I'm reading that, you know, thank God they're not totally irrational um, because no, he shouldn't be, he shouldn't be right tackle. Number one on the, the first depth chart. This is something he's going to have to earn from the bottom up, not from yeah. the top, top, you know, like, like he needs to pass some people because there's no way you can count on this. All right, this next one uh, also, uh, you know, you know, it got to rise up from, from some people because they, they're trying to figure out what it meant. But Cedric Wilson has a full load, a very wide, all-encompassing role, plays in every single personnel grouping, which would mean, obviously, Tyreek Hill's lined up in the backfield a ton so far. Yeah. You know, and... I mean. They're ton, trying to get a lot of 11 personnel out there, I guess. If Cedric Wilson's playing everywhere and playing a lot. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that, that one's kind of interesting. Uh, this one's just because let's be clear. Like if we're, if we're going to two tight end, per, if we're going to two wide receiver personnel, right. And pre- presumably one of those tight ends would be Mike Gesicki. And it's almost like, you know, okay, mm-hmm. he's a wide receiver. Anyway. But I mean, Cedric Wilson isn't taking a job from either Jalen Waddle or uh, or Tyreek Hill. No, right. So, but Tyreek Hill might take a job from Chase Edmonds. That, that's what what personnel would that be? <laughs> I don't know. It, it's a, the, it's the let's put our best players on the field that's, that's as much o, as possible. O two personnel. You know how you know how little O two personnel is actually used in the NFL. But um, yeah, I know that the Dolphins. By the way, I love O two personnel. But I saw, I know that the Dolphins a few years ago ran it twice, and I saw it like like about maybe twelve or thirteen times in camp, and I think yeah. they ran it twice all season. I mean that's. <laughs> yeah i mean that's that that you basically said it that's that's what it is like it's it's funny what i love i love keeping track of things like um you know sharp football stats actually does a good job um spelling out showing the um the personnel group frequencies and it's like uh you know o2 personnel in the entire nfl all 16 getting like this is this is a while ago it's 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 so rare like if you think of how many how many games of there are, are 256 games in a year right mm-hmm. um you might see one time a team go into um into o2 personnel one out of every four games like one snap if you've watched four games somebody brought it out 
Mm. <laughs> you know? And so, no, it's not, it's not going to be like, oh, well, that means the Dolphins are going to do this much. It's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to say I doubt that. But, you know, interesting. Yeah, what's interesting about the 1984 Dolphins is that they actually used O2 personnel a lot. <laughs> you know, and they had three good pass catching tight ends, which is odd that they would use it, but they actually did use it a lot because they used Tony Nathan, they used Jim Jensen. Mm-hmm. Okay, at the two spots. But Jim Jensen is essentially like a tight end. Crash. You know? Although they although yeah, although they lined him up like an H back, you know. But I, I guess mm-hmm. that's technically O2 personnel. But all right, this one's just fluff. But it's interesting the the choice in these two guys. Uh, can you read anything into the into this choice? But Frank Smith and John Embry, long film sessions with Tua. Um, Frank Smith is obvious. He's the OC, right? Right. So, John Embry, what's can do we have a handle on uh, John Embry's exact title? Assistant head coach and tight end. Okay, coach. that's why. Yeah, yeah. So, so um. Embry as the assistant, as the assistant uh, head coach. And that's why I thought because he was, um, he had that in San Francisco. Um, those are the, those two are probably the senior most, the senior, the senior most people literally on the offense. It, it, you know, and, and you can think about, oh, John Embry's only the tight ends coach. How could that be? It's because he's the assistant head coach. So he's, he's really almost like almost on a level with like Frank Smith. Um, so, yeah, those are the, the two senior most people on offense. The two senior most minds on offense are having film sessions with the quarterback. No, that's not actually that surprising. All right. And then this is the, the last one. And then I could get into one other thing. But the last one is uh, Nick Needham is cross-training at every single nickel and dime position. In base, his, his lone position has been right cornerback in base defense, meaning, you know, they're, they're, they're base personnel. But where, but, is he, where does he stand as, as a right cornerback in, bases, in base? Uh, is he, you know, on, I mean, is he, is, he, is, he, is he the starter in base? At, at, that's the thing. I don't know. I wrote exactly what I was told. I was told he's cross-training at every single mm. nickel and dime position. Which is a change from last year, as far as I'm told. So yeah, well, last year they didn't, but they didn't do them exclusively in the slot last year, right? Uh, they did a. Uh, they had this weird thing going where they were spot starting him as a slot corner and then using yeah. Justin Coleman against other teams. And I yeah, think it was, was the it, Coleman thing was weird, but yeah, remember they used to it was in and out, in and out, in and out. Uh, namely, they, they used Justin Coleman against more physical teams that wanted to run the ball, and then Nick Needham played against the teams that threw the ball, which it's it's odd in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do feel that Nick Needham is a poor tackler. He just is. Uh, there's plenty of film that suggests that he's a poor tackler. Maybe that's what they were thinking. That's probably it. You know. Uh, all right, and then this this last one. Look, everybody was assuming, okay, uh, uh, you know, if Austin Jackson's not starting, then obviously Liam Meikenberg is starting. I was told that, uh, you know, I was not told who the starters are at right guard or right tackle. Mm-hmm. Okay, just that AJ is not, meaning Austin Jackson is not on the first team depth chart. Uh, if you had to handicap this thing, how do you think this thing sh- shakes out? 
we kind of know the left in side the and end, we know the center, in the right? end or how or was it what let's say like let's right say uh training camp day one how do they line up i mean right right now i, I say you gotta have robert hunt at right tackle and okay. i don't even know who would be at right guard in that situation that's the one thing i'm not i'm not quite sure about like would liam has liam eichenberg been playing any right guard i mean uh, i don't think so Robert i've never jones. seen him at right guard robert are we jones sure that robert jones can't play i know you're not a big fan but are we sure that he can't play guard in the, well, I'm, in the I, I don't know about guard i don't know about guard I, I, I know that i would not have him as tackle in the nfl okay yeah uh, although the, the sample is what last last week the last week of last season Right. I mean, but I, I don't think he was ever destined to play and be a tackle in the NFL to begin with. And so when he got out there on that last week and he looked, he looked really bad in pass protection mm-hmm. um, at tackle, you know, that was predictable. All right. So I guess so who, who would play at right guard? And do you have an answer to that? I have no idea who the hell would play right guard. Uh, I don't even know who the hell makes sense. But I do know one thing, like, I'm pretty certain you could go out on the waiver wire and find a right guard. Like, that's a, I don't think that's, that's a terrible fair. position to find a guy at. You know what I mean? True. Uh, true. Last year, they cut a guy. Okay. And I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Elimonor. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce it either. They cut a guy. They flat out cut a guy who was on the second team that went on to play every game for a playoff team. And for a good mm-hmm. running game in the Las Vegas Raiders. Okay. He played every game at right guard last year. So sometimes you make a mistake, right? Yeah. Sometimes you do. Okay. Um, so I, I think you could find one if it comes down to it. Well, I'm just, you, you've got me thinking about what would be the Dolphins ultimate best offensive line. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, first off, I don't know if it if if it should be Connor Williams at center or at left guard. Um, there's I would there's something really attractive about having a you know never be afraid to build your strengths. Having a strong left side with Teron Armstead and um, and Connor Williams working next to one another. There's nothing wrong with that. There's the you know I know that you say some people would be like, well, you know, you can also put a younger player at left guard um because they'll be next to teron armstead and that'll help the younger players like yeah but there's also nothing wrong with having a really stellar left side so um so whether should we have and and who would be at the left guard if um if connor williams moved over it'd probably be liam eichenberg right he makes the most sense there to me he does and to you he does um Mm -hmm. so so you know what what should we do with that that left side should we have Teron Armstead, Liam Eikenberg, and Connor Williams, or should we have Teron Armstead, Connor Williams, and Michael Dieter? Um, you know, that's that's something to win in camp, and I don't honestly know the right answer to that one, but I do think that if you're going to put Connor Williams over there, you got to do it early, and you got to just do it, right? Because like it's on, it's, it's, I don't think you can expect him to just keep going back and forth when one of those positions is center. And then, and then suddenly, okay, and we're on the eve of the season and he's played center, you know, maybe a third of the time or half the time. And you're like, okay, now you're now our center or something like that. I, I think you've got to do that move. I think you've got to be decisive about it, whatever, whichever way you go. But on the right side, it's like, yeah, Robert Hunt needs to be at right tackle. 
as of right now, based on how they've constructed the roster. Uh, Liam Eichenberg, I'm not trusting him out there. And uh, and Austin Jackson, I'm not trusting him out there. This is to his blind side. It's important. Um, they clearly plan on passing the ball because they, they're getting all these wide receivers and collecting all these tight ends and you know working on 11 personnel and all that. So, um, so yeah, this is important. You need somebody, you need somebody to protect to his blind side right now, the best player to be in a position to do that job is Robert Hunt. So he needs to be the guy out there, but then who does that play? Who does that leave at right guard? Like, and, mm-hmm. and we're talking about, you know, Miami's best offensive line. Who does that leave? I don't know. No, and, and, I really no, and, don't know. And you, and you still have JC Treader floating out there in the ether. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't think I, I doubt that. So first off I saw, I saw somebody, like tweeted out like a private conversation between um him and uh and jc treader's dad yeah and um and so from that i know that there is a top five like you know because he because i think one of the top fives was i think this might have been a vikings fan or something like that and they're like Mm -hmm. you know yeah that's that's one of our top five um there is a top five, and based on the way that he is, that we know that he has treated Miami, I will say Miami is not in it. Yeah, <laughs> I would say more, more than like because it would be very surprised if he were in the top five and he, you know, was basically just like ghosting Miami. Yeah, uh, that, we talked about that uh, in an earlier podcast, and we talked about that on OnlyFans. By the way, you could join OnlyFans for three dollars a month. Go do it, especially now that the season's coming around. You want to be on there. But we talked about it, and uh, I asked the direct question, like, you know, hey, you know, are you guys kind of interested or not interested, or are his demands crazy? And I was basically told, uh, well, we wouldn't know because uh, the guy has gone long stretches without even answering phone calls. So, like, we don't know if he's even interested in playing for us because he doesn't seem to be interested in playing for us because he's kind of ghosting us. At, yeah. at, so JC Turner doesn't want to play here. doesn't want to play here. Uh, it's as simple as that. It's a different case with Melvin Ingram. Uh, that's a money thing. It's obvious what Melvin Ingram is trying to do. And evidently now the deadline is coming around where we're going to owe compensation to Kansas city. I don't know. I've never heard of that before. And I try to keep, keep up with everything that, you know, the NFL does as far as with their CBA. I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. I feel like I've got a pretty good handle on what is and is not possible to do in the NBA or in the NFL with the, uh, the CBA and, and like these, the tags and, and all this stuff. I feel like I've always had a pretty good handle on that. And you threw me for a goddamn loop when you talked about this. I was like, no, that's impossible. No, that's what, what are you even talking about? Yeah. Well. And it is evidently a thing. Yes. I mean, Kansas he is not city a franchise is, tag player. Yeah. Kansas City is essentially, uh, as I understand it, it'll probably cost like a six round pick, but it's costing a six round pick anyway. Like, 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 why? You know, I, like, I don't, why do I he's not a, a restricted free agent. He's not a restricted free agent. He's not an, certainly not an exclusive rights free agent. He's, he's, I, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I'm, I am absolutely, I, I'm at a loss. I don't know. I, I don't, I can't even begin to know where that came from. Yeah, but the Melvin Ingram thing, it's its obvious where we're going. It's the same place where we were last year. It mm-hmm. takes uh, one team to say, look, here's a fully guaranteed one-year deal. Come play for us. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. And I'm pretty sure that that's what uh, most teams are probably trying to get away with, not mm-hmm. doing. But in this case, um, 
evidently they got to pay some some compensation. I'm told it's it's like a sixth round pick that you would have to get. Yeah, the, the article said sixth. I think it said sixth round pick or something. Yeah. So, you know, that's it. That's it's odd. The Akeem Hicks thing, uh, you gave me kind of like a meh uh, answer to it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Akeem Hicks, man, kind of sexy, right? That's that's a sexy signing. They've been in contact. Yeah, it depends on how they play him. But um, I mean, I've always been a fairly big fan of his. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm unclear on what his role would be and who, well, let's just say like, you know, what kind of, what, what players are, are we talking about displacing Yeah. Um, with him? Because Adam Butler is still here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't John want Raekwon Jan- Davis to lose a single snap. Yeah. And John Jen- Jenkins was just re-signed for a reason zach sealer is still here christian wilkins is still here um and it's and so it's it's like where where are we going with this if it's uh if if we're getting a, a keem hicks i'm just curious yeah and christian wilkins has favorite nation status like they've already like uh they, they've made their intentions known like look we're paying this guy you know what i mean right like he's a guy we earmarked to pay so and we're not even you know of course we haven't even mentioned the you know the defensive the standout defensive ends on the yeah. outside the manual mm-hmm. and uh and and um Jennifer. Jalen Phillips mm-hmm. so what's the role here for a key mix I can see what the role would be for Melvin Ingram you know yeah for Melvin Ingram yeah. it's obvious right he's a third down specialist and he allows you to play Agba and Phillips in three tech right yeah I you get know, and it. pull and pull Raekwon Davis on third downs and pull Although Zach Seeler, man, Zach Seeler's magic. Uh, like That's, Zach yeah. Seeler. I'd have right? a hard time pulling him away, period. But, yeah, good yeah. things happen when Zach Seeler's on the field. It's, it's just so. And, and even better on third down. Like, he always he has a knack for finding the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, it, gives, it just gives him, a, it gives him a lot of, uh, a lot of options. Uh, all right. Uh, on the way out, uh, very quickly, uh, Sonny Michelle is a dolphin. Uh, your thoughts? Good signing, bad signing. Right. It's the um, way I look at it is that this is the guy that was RB one for most of the year for the Super Bowl champion, ended up RB two, and he's now RB three here. Uh, that can't be a bad thing, right? No, it's not. It's certainly, certainly not a bad thing. Um, I will say that you know I think he's, I think he was still available when the guy is still available at this t- at, at the time that he's still available. There's usually uh, a reason for that. Um, so, you know, yeah, um, I think that this is a good pickup for the Dolphins because of what he's going to be asked to be here. Um, depending on Raheem Mostert's health, uh, it's, you know, it's going to be one, two, three, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, and, um, and then probably Sony Michelle. And RB3, as an RB3, he's, uh, he's experienced and, and natural in the zone and outside zone. Um, he gets to he he has a knack for you know hitting the right slot and he gets to it very quickly mm-hmm. um, because he's he's got some speed to him and I think those are important things for this offense so that's why he's here he's also a good pass protector mm-hmm. but does this guy make a ton of people miss or does he um, break tackles or show strength and you know and stuff fall forward no he really doesn't. Um, you know, yes, everybody in the in the, uh, the NFL at some point causes some missed tackles. That's not the same as broken tackles, but um, 
I think he's not particularly elusive. And that's a disappointment to me because I was a huge fan of his coming out of Georgia. Mm-hmm. I was a huge fan. And I thought that he had a very bright future. But um, but I don't expect him to get a lot of yards after contact or at least, uh, you know, on a regular basis. It's it's sort of it's sort of a thing where, you know, yeah, it's just like sort of just like how what's his name? Miles Gaskin, every eighth play or something like that would break out something that's like, oh, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sonny Michelle can do that, too. Yeah, if I were Miles Gaskin, I would buy a house. Like it's looking. Yeah, well, I think I think that's it. I think that you know you have Miles Gaskin as RB three, and Miles Gaskin's not fit for the system. I don't think. Mm -hmm. Um, so instead we get Sony Michelle RB three, and or Sony Michelle is is a lot like Miles Gaskin, but you know designed for this system as opposed to the last one. And, And uh. Man, I, I lied. I said that this was going to be we're on the way out, but I, I think this is a really interesting thing. If you remember back to that evaluation, I loved Nick Chubb. Okay. Nick, Nick Chubb, Chubb was one of my favorite guys, uh, one of my favorite running backs that year. Uh, but you saw where he got drafted. You saw where Sony Michelle got drafted. Sony Michelle got drafted before Nick Chubb. What happened in that evaluation? What went wrong? Because Nick Chubb's now a superstar. Yeah. He's a three time Pro Bowler. Um, I think he leads the league in rushing the last two years. I know he was rushing champion last year, right? I know that's a fact, right? So what happened there? Like, what went wrong in that evaluation? Why did one guy, you know, get drafted so much higher than the other one? If we go back to the production, Nick Chubb was was more productive in college. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's obvious, though. I mean, the guy, the guy had a huge knee injury. So it was just it was just injury related. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like one hundred percent injury history with it with that guy. He's got stuff. He's got stuff that he's going to live with for his entire career. And um and you know he had a major he had a major major injury knee injury and Sonny Michelle was a, a little bit healthier history, mm-hmm. a little bit healthier you know a prospect. And Sonny Michelle was not bad. I mean, so this was, was really good. He was like, great. He was great. Watching those two, watching those two was a little bit, you know, to me, it reminded me of watching Cadillac Williams and Ronnie Brown. Yeah. You know, and and so I think that um, you know, Sonny Michelle was a really good back for for that backfield too. And, and you're right, a lot of people did prefer Nick Chubb more or like him more, but it was hard to draft him higher with that knee history mm-hmm. that's it and that's all it is and and so he's he's still early in his career nick chubb is and um and so it's going to be like what ha- what does he look like what does he look like as there's a shelf life 30? right there's a shelf life yeah nick chubb. what does he look like as he approaches i mean all running backs have a, ch- a shelf life we understand that but yeah. He's he's unless he's you're Adrian 26. Peterson or Frank Gore. Like, Last year he's go 25. Forever. Last year he's 25. What does he even look like now that he's 26? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what does he look like when he's 27 or 28? We're not even talking about 30 because we understand that running backs have a shelf life. But where's where's Nick Chubb and Chubb going to start to fall off? That's the question that everybody had to have, and that they love the talent anyway. He's drafted 35 overall. I mean, it's it's good. But um, but yeah, that knee was a significant thing. All right. Well, 
I guess we could call it right there. Next week, I don't know what the hell we're going to talk about, but we're close to a hiatus, which we take every single year. But that's it. There is no more. You got a lot of dolphin talk here. Okay. And who knows? Maybe there'll be more videos of Tua throwing uh, passes in his underwear and a bucket hat. I need that bucket hat, I think. I think I've convinced myself. Good luck because they're sold out. They're sold sold them out. Seven million. Think about it. It was like that was genius from the the Dolphin social media team. (laughs) Think about it. You get seven million views. If you get seven million views and you sell 10,000 bucket hats, like you got to sell 10,000 bucket hats, right? With seven million views. (laughs) Like, you know, the social media team made made the Dolphins a pretty penny here. I know. Right. I thought about getting a bucket hat. Yeah, as soon as I saw, as, as soon as I saw the video, I was like, "That's a pretty cool bucket hat." Like, you know, I can see myself wearing that thing. Yeah. All right. Okay, that's it. There is no more. We will talk to you next week. Maybe I don't know what the hell there is to talk about. Hopefully, they sign somebody. Maybe Melvin Ingram. All right. But next week then. we just next week we just jump on the air and we could just get plastered. That makes a lot of sense. Maybe we'll we'll watch a heat game live on the air. And get plastered. Exactly. All right. That's it. There's no more. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.